Hey everyone, it's Catfish here. Just a quick note, basically, yeah, we recorded this roughly, uh, call it almost two weeks ago now, so again, just a delay on the editing. So some of the info, uh, obviously a little bit outdated in terms of the recent news and all that, but yeah, in terms of the actual strategy chat, I think lots of interesting points, I, I hope. I found it really interesting, obviously, and, and Tim certainly, as he always does, uh, definitely did as well. So yeah, I hope you enjoy. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you with another episode real soon. Welcome back to the Supercoach Champions Podcast. You're here with Catfish as always. Here to talk more preseason. It is 2024. Supercoach is here. We've been here for a few weeks. And I'm joined tonight by, uh, I'm joined tonight with someone who we haven't heard on our airwaves this preseason, but I hear he's been pretty busy uh, getting on the recordings with his, uh, his first love, the Supercoach experience. It is the 2021 overall champion, Tim Moody. Timmy, it's good to have you again. How have you been? Yeah, look, you are definitely my side piece, but look, the side piece always hits it better, you know what I mean? So you <laughs> you got that thing I like, you know what I'm talking about? Um, yeah, it's been a lovely off-season, got a lot of relaxing going on, not a great deal of sports consumed, so I feel really, really fresh to just absorb uh, a whole season of footy and really take it all in. Um, I've been doing a bit of pre-season study last year, I was... A bit staunch on just wanting to not overthink it, pick a uh, team as TLT dropped, but that didn't work out for me last year. Pretty bad year. <laughs> uh, so a lot of redemption to be made this year. I've uh, nice. done quite a fair bit of homework. Hopefully it pays off and um, yeah, we'll see what happens. That's the thing. You always got to keep refining that process, trying to find something that really does work. And I know you've been big on just kind of not prepping too much, but as you said, it didn't quite work for you last year. Yeah, if something doesn't work, if the uh, you've got to change the key, you know, if you, you try something else. So as I was saying before, you know, Supercoach Experience, you've been churning out the preseason content with um, Savs and the other boys there. Yep. I, I think you've been working through position by position, really diving deep into de- various players. Yeah, very exciting. We started up the top um, all the way down from Hooker, We've done every position. We've just got fullback to go over next week. So quite a fair bit to dig into if anyone wants to go through any position specifically that they're struggling with or even if they want to go through them all. Appreciate the uh, the attention over there and the views. That'd be great. Um, but yeah. we've also got a nice little little side project we, we've got going now in 2024. Just a short, sharp, um, footy sort of show. We just sort of chat footy from from two bullfed sort of angle not we're not trying to sort of break it down and dissect the game um and analyze it like the uh the best in the game do but we just sort of have a bit of a chat about it and 
you have it's been a lot of preseason stuff, so we've been sort of really struggling to have stuff to talk about. So as the season starts to kick off, we're gonna have some stuff to work with. So excited about that. It's called on the burst. It's exciting. I mean, yeah, if, if it's a footy-based podcast, you kind of need some footy to talk about, right? So Exactly, yes. Yeah. So we're just playing a lot of silly games and stuff that are footy-related and stuff. But, yeah, we've, it's, it's been fun. It's been a good good warm-up for us, you know, a bit of – we just consider it a pre-season. You got the Supercoach experience and you got on the burst, so look them up. You know, I imagine where all good podcast feeds can be found. That's right, YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. I appreciate you giving us a plug there, mate. No, not at all. Thanks for jumping on. Look, speaking of plugs, I'm going to remind everyone about our group competition. This is our unlimited league where if you want to jump in there, you can win 500 bucks cash from us uh, for the top ranked listener come end of season. You've got to join this by round five. And the other reason you want to do that is because in at the end of round five, thanks to our good friends at Supercoach Champion, SE Rings, they've given us one to give away. So the top ranked listener as at the end of round five is going to pick up that ring and take that away. And like I said, you are, you got to be in that before round five and then our unlimited league will be locked. So if you want to be eligible for our $500 top rank listener prize, you got to be in there. We've also got our $500 champs only bonus that applies to our top rank champ. That is one of our Patreon subscribers come end of season. Go to patreon.com slash supercoachchampions. You'll find uh, how to join there. Obviously get, get you access to the champs discord. Uh, I mean, we've been you know, six years and running. So some of us are really well and truly part of the furniture in that Discord. But yeah, plenty of Supercoach chat going on in there. And I mean, I'm sure you know what it's like when, you know, when you've won before. People want to know what your opinion is and they want to hear your take on stuff. And it just gets a bit hard when you're in too many Facebook groups and WhatsApp groups and various Discord. Like, yeah. So for me, I, I, I definitely try keep myself to the champs Discord as much as I can. It's only so many hours in the day, and yeah, that's plenty of time chatting Supercoach in there already for me. So check that out. There's also some champs only content that you can find there. Patreon.com/slash/SupercoachChampions again to check that out in more detail. Anyway, mate, that's enough of that. I wanted to get you on, you know, obviously because it's great to hear that you've been diving deep into the players, and I think that'll set us up for a good chat. For today, I really wanted to look at more bigger picture type stuff. Mm. We're we're big on on this podcast. You know, we're always talking about how we're going to win. You know, what's your edge that you're going to be able to take to get ahead of the other super coaches out there? The the, the masses are getting smarter and smarter, as I've oh, yeah. highlighted in the past. There's more and more information out, so we're always got to look at you know strategically how can you set yourself apart aside aside from obviously nailing all your captain picks and nailing all your you know players choices and stuff like that so let's start big picture i mean you've dived into pretty much every position except for fullback but i mm-hmm. think we all know fullback pretty well generally yeah, speaking yeah, yeah, yeah. which position do you think is going to be the main difference maker in 2024 well i think like obviously having the right halfbacks and fullbacks is going to be key i think a lot of the good super coaches will probably nail that anyway you know getting nico and Cleary as soon as they can and probably rotating a few fullbacks throughout the season that have got good uh, run of games and easier runs. Uh, I think there's a few fullbacks that you could probably name. It seems like Nico and Nathan the standout halves, but I think there's probably about four or five blokes. You could maybe even six or seven fullbacks that are all right up there. Other than that, though, I kind of get the vibe that second row is going to be an interesting spot. There'll be a bit of, you know, 
points and cash to be made there. Center wing is going to be a bit of a lottery, a bit interesting, I think. But yeah, I, obviously every position is crucial, but I think, yeah, make sure you get those good position guns in halfback and fullback. If you're a new super coacher, that's an important thing to do. Yeah, I think that's, there's, I feel like there's two ways you can look at this question, right? Either it's which position do you need to target so you got the right players there, or it's more which positions do you just lock away so you don't have to worry about it, and then yeah. you can focus on targeting some of the other areas where you can change it up. Sure. So uh, I feel like with halfback, right, you said Nathan Cleary, you got Nico Hines, they're clear-cut the best two halfback options. I mean, Nico's been the best super coach player for the last two seasons, so yeah. he, you know, as... As much as a must-have as you can have, basically. And I yeah. think a lot of people are still keen to start with him from round one. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like there's a lot that are going to try and make the Cleary-Hines combo work straight out the gate. Yeah, I'm still battling with whether I'm going to be one of those people. Originally, I wasn't. But, um, yeah, I'm sort of thinking maybe I might. There's sort of debates I've been having with myself about that. But, yeah, I think at least have one of those guys for sure. I think Nico's probably the the standout just because he hits the ground running so well. And I guess more more so the fact that you know Nathan Cleary's locked into that halfback jersey for the Blues, so you don't even have to think about it. Yeah. Uh, I guess Nico, you know, he might make origin, but if he does, he's most likely, you know, in there as a utility option or, you know, 18th man or something like that where he may still be available to, to back up and, and, you know, not mm. miss too much time. So... That's one of the, I guess, the perks of going with Nico. They may go with him at six. It's a different, Madge might have that, sort of that idea. So I think the, the larger majority of people, fans wanted that. So maybe his mindset's there as well. So who knows? Could happen, especially if he starts hot again, right? It's going to be, mm. you know, if he puts out that case, you might make him Well, that's why I definitely wanted to start with him. I thought oh, if, he, if he didn't get picked last year, I think he's going to be like, well, if I wasn't playing good enough last year, which he was, he was playing very good. I don't necessarily think that meant that he had to be picked at six, but I think he's going to just want to make it impossible for them to not look at him and pick him. So that's why I really like him to start with, other than the fact that he's bangs out hundreds <laughs> easy. Yeah, hard to argue with that. I do think center wing is going to be possibly the toughest position to navigate from round mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Uh, I think for a lot of us, you know, we are prioritizing many of the other areas and, I think we're just hoping that there's lots of cheapies available, right? Uh, I think yeah. the other point you raised about the second row, there seems to be so many value picks there and like the guns don't seem like they scream that I have, they have to be in your team from round one because all of them seem to have some question marks over, you know, whether it's an early round buy or maybe there's mm. some injury issues there for, for feeder, for example. Yeah, there's yep. a fair few question marks over there. So I definitely feel like, the positions where you can make the most difference is, you know, nailing those mid-range calls at second row. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, center wing, like obviously jumping all the all the cheapies, but if you can find the way to sneak in, you know, like a top price premium option, you know, I know Greg Marge is very popular. Mm. Uh, guys like that, sneaking one of those in could really set your team apart from round one. So, Well, yeah, you're speaking where my mind's at at the moment, like, and where it's been. So I was sort of just fitting in all the middies. I didn't want to miss any of those 400K middies in second row. I wanted to have all of them. And then I decided I wanted a primo guy because I wanted the primo guy to be able to go to Fafita if Fafita hit the ground running after, like, week or two or 
three or when he, you know, when he came, I think he's got their buy in round two actually. But yep. um, yep. So if I needed to go to him, I had a guy that I could turn into him with about a hundred K difference and make it easy. But um, now that I've got down to work, looking at the center wingers last week on the other podcast, I was just filling it out with complete cheapies. And I've looked down like, this is terrible. So now I'm looking at a primo guy, which means I've got to sacrifice that premium second rower and probably one of my mid-range 400 guys as well. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be hard for people to pick all the mid-range guys. And I think they all look pretty good. Like all of those 400K guys that are on everyone's lips, I think they all look good. I think that's the case we think every year it's going to be like that. But history has shown, you know, not all of them are going to hit, right? There's going to be flops in there. Yeah, I think some of them might be slower burns than another. Maybe, the, you know, you might say let's hypothetically just throw out two of the names. Let's say both Vermore and Wong. They might have two massive weeks in round. Well, let's not say Fermor because he's going to have a buy in round two. But for example, yeah, 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 okay, yeah. let's just say him. He wasn't having a buy. They might have two scores of 100, and then we might have picked two other blokes, which is Josh Curran and um, who's another guy that's there? Let's say Piakura. yep. And they've had, you know, scores of 50, and we're like, oh, well, the world's crashing down. But the week after, it just flips, you know what I mean? Yep. And they're scoring, you know, close to 100, and the other guys might be scoring back there. So it might not be panic stations with those guys. I think they'll all work out. I think they've all got a lot of value there. I can't see them banging out 40s or 50s. Most, I think most of them will get to at least 60 averages. I could be being a bit optimistic, but they all look good to me. Like every year, we're not as good as we think we are at identifying the mid ranges that are going to mm. go on and and you know give us a good value from from what what the, what their starting price is. So I definitely think that's going to be that's going to happen again. Basically, it, it happens every year. Yes, there's going to be some hits like the. Ellie Katoas of uh, 2024, you know, yep. he was such a great mid-range option last year, right? And oh, if yeah. you got on Katoa from round one, you were loving it because he made a bucket load of cash. Similarly, you know, there's there's going to be a potential Bryce Cartwright versus a Matt Dury from last mm. year. You know, they're not quite a mid-range because they were both fairly cheap, but something like that could easily happen here. Yeah, I do agree. I do agree that the one, you know, that, 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 that's quite possible. But of those guys, I think... Matt Dury was a bit more unknown, you know what I mean? I, I thought he, he was, you know, it was probably more that we thought he was going to get minutes. These other guys, I think if they, I think they're most of them are going to get minutes. So I don't think there's a problem. You, the only one you might say that might not get minutes is maybe they don't start with Josh Carr and he comes off the bench or something like that. But the, or, or Sua Wong might not start for the Roosters. Maybe they start with um, Satili or Angus or something like that. But they all look pretty good to me. Maybe Viliami Kikau might look like the worst of the pick of them, and I think I'm probably going to start with him because I'm a sucker. It's your team name, right? Surely that the, the Viliami lives on. Exactly. <laughs> no, you got you got to stick to your convictions there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I'm at the point now too where I'm at I want a premium um, center winger, so I think that's an important thing to do. Yep. It's just so tough, right? Because where do you take uh, it from? Yeah. Well, that's it. And and you think about last year, right? Uh, people paid up for Val Holmes, and he wasn't disappointing in that he didn't flop. He still averaged sixty three or whatever over the first ten or so rounds. Mm. The problem is, is you paid like over seventy, you know, for a seventy seventy five average for him. You're yeah. hoping it was going to smash that and you know hit to eighties because of a great draw. But yeah, he under delivered yeah. basically of what you expected and. 
that's the problem. Like it could easily happen to any of the premium center wings because they're center wings. They're, yep. they're inconsistent by nature. And yeah, I, I guess at the same time, you know, when you're paying 350K and below for the cheapy options and they fall over the line a couple of times and all of a sudden they're averaging within 10 of your 700K center wing and you're yeah. just you're hating life. That's the luck of it though, isn't it really? That comes down with center wingers, I think. So it feels like they were not we're not gonna get the Hamisos from last year, the Osakos, the Chans, Nickel Klukstad. There were so many three hundred to four hundred K options in the center wing mm. last year that just absolutely blitzed it from early on and end up, you know, making a buck load of cash and scoring. Yeah, none of them really stand out as like wham bam. Like I I I've been impressed by watching the highlights of Chevy Stewart, but then again I'm like he's gonna be in a team that's struggling, I think, possibly. With attack, with the coach who might just put Sebastian Chris back in the spot as soon as he's available. So none, yeah, none of them I'm really that excited about. But we'll see what happens. Like we've got to take what we've got, and yeah, I definitely feel like the 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 team that wins Supercoach will be the one that nails the second row and the center wing as best as they can from round one. That Ooh. that is what I feel like. If they nail those positions, because most likely they've either saved cash else you know in those positions and mm. got the best value from the choices they've made and then that's allowed them to gun up you know they've probably got cleary and hines and ponger and Dillbags and grant and you know all the guns and all the other key positions that you want to have as much as you can speaking on strategy and positions i think this, this one thing that's really the two positions that are really doing my head in the most is probably hooker and prop because i feel like I'm going to fall into my same old trap that I did. I didn't start with Payne Hass last year. Told myself I've got to do it this year. He was my first pick, and then I he was my first. I traded out because of changing strategy ideas throughout preseason this year. And then also Harry Grant had him in there, and now I don't. And I just keep going lower and lower with my. He you know <laughs> turned into a Jeremy Marshall King. Jeremy Marshall King turned into. Um, Oh, Wade Egan at 500k. Wade Egan's now turned into the cheese. I'm sure the cheese is going to turn into Brandon Hands or something like that too. So <laughs> we have two, 200, k 300k. I'm really stressed out about. As, as long as you're not all the way back to Sonny Luke. No, no, no. <laughs> I won't do that to myself again. Although, come on, Mitch Kenny looking at a breach notice apparently. <laughs> oh, it's tempting, isn't it? <laughs> no, no. I'll, I'll take. I'll, I'll t- definitely be happier to take one of the para guys. If they're playing eighty minutes or close enough to, and yep. um, and Brayley, I think over. Uh, let's take a quick break. Roses are red, violets are blue. Trim your balls, and your date will thank us too. What's up, fellas? Valentine's Day is knocking, and Manscape is the remedy for what the love doctor ordered. His prescription: the all-new performance package 5.0 Ultra, designed to Elevate your grooming game and shine like the heartthrob that you are. Join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com to snag 20% off and free shipping with the code CHAMPIONS. Let's talk about the hero of Valentine's Day, the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. This electric trimmer features skin-safe technology guarding your V-Day treasure against the grooming mishaps. But hey, that's not everything the Love Doctor ordered. This package also features the Weed Whacker 2.0 nose hair trimmer, 
Manscaped's liquid formulations and two free goodies, the Shed Travel Bag and Boxes 2.0, because comfort is king for all my dogs. <sighs> woof, woof. And for a happy ending, the Manscaped Refined Cologne. It's Valentine's Day touch to your grooming routine. Elevate your grooming routine and set the stage for a romantically smooth celebration. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code CHAMPIONS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code CHAMPIONS because your grooming upgrade awaits. Ready to charm your Valentine dates. Well, look, I think that's a good segue to the next section I wanted to talk about. And that was looking more at the team structure. Like we were saying, you know, we're, we're wanting to spend up in certain positions mm. and also wanting to save in certain positions. So I think for you and I, we both seem like there's a lot of value in second row around that, you know, yeah. 400 to 500K mark. There's probably plenty of options that we could plug in there thinking that we're going to get, you know, 5, 10, 15 points of value over what we're going to pay for them for round one. Would you agree or are you still keen to maybe try have a premium second rower somewhere in there as well? Ideally, I thought I would have liked to have started with Eli Katoa. Um, I was just really impressed with what I saw last year. I thought there was more, there's still more to come. I think he's going to have a, a massive year, bigger year than last year. Um, I just think he's got big enough scores in him to justify spending that. And I felt like if it didn't work out straight away, I could turn him to Fafita, and that was my plan. Um, now I'm yeah thinking I probably need to not do that. Go with four, five, 400K guys and one sort of maybe two to 300K guy. But the 300K guy, I don't know who that's going to be. Maybe I'm hoping maybe like a Talos Duncan presents and starts or something and I can go with him. But Well, the later seems to be maybe, maybe Kai Pierce Paul from the Knights might be running on that left edge. Okay, how much is he at? He's 345K. Okay, cool. But, I'll have you know, a lot of hype, sure. obviously, coming over from the Super League. He's... You know, big, big guy. and Oh, everyone I mean, from the England is 345K. <laughs> They've done that to every English player that's come over. I don't think regardless of position too. That's interesting. Yeah. They, no, they, they normally do base it off the ESL stats with some adjustments and discounts and stuff like Got that. Got a bit lazy. Maybe. Uh, 345 maybe. from all. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so he might be starting on the left edge potentially, uh, running off nice. – uh, Jackson Hastings, it seems like that. That's what they were. Maybe they were training that way in in one of the pictures that's going around on on social media. But yeah, look, I think that seems to be a fairly common approach. So if that's one of the areas we're skimping on, and it sounds like for center wing, we're hoping that's going to be plenty of cheap guys, you know, three fifty k and below, with maybe room for one premium option. That seems to be like I can't see many people finding the cash to have more than one you know, 600K and above center winger starting from uh, one. I've, I don't know. I feel that some people might be looking at that. But, yep. yeah, I don't know how they're going to make that happen, but some people I know uh, are sort of... Uh, they're sacrificing, you know, they don't have a Harry Grant. They, they've got dual cheapy hookers in there. They probably only have one of Cleary or Hines, and they're probably yeah. running two I'll tell you what, I've yeah. looked at some teams, man, and like, and it, it, they just look so much better than mine. <laughs> and it looks like they've got like three better players that I want and they're not missing any of my players. It's not like, oh, well, they don't have that guy. You know what I mean? So it's really yeah. weird. I feel like I'm not working with the same salary cap, but there we go. We'll see what happens. 
<laughs> so for me, I feel like I've, I'm really trying to just do the Cleary Hines combo from round one. I, I really want to do that. Uh, it just seems like it's one headache I don't have to deal with. The reason I was off it was just because I thought they're both, you know, it's very super what to have this there. You can't captain them both, you know what I mean? You can't use like both captain early. At least if you've got your money at another position that's a gun, you can utilize that as another vice captain captain. I know it's not everything, but just another consideration. But then just the fact that Cleary's started slow in his last two seasons, first sort of two to three rounds have been sort of 60s, 50s, 70s sort of scores. And I thought, that's fine. Like if he's going to just sort of come out and do that, I know he's very, very capable of just going bang, 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 and scoring big tons <laughs> in the first three weeks. Because I've just recently sort of been of the. I keep changing my mind. I keep having the. I'm the worst at like arguing with myself. I'm like, oh no, but now he's going to. Well, he hasn't got a daily M yet. He's going to need to start putting runs on the board early. From you know, he doesn't have any time to muck around. He's got, that's his. He's focused. He's got three premierships. He needs more. You know what I mean? What's his next thing? So you got to yep. start with him. And that's why I'll just keep doing that. So I originally was going to go Hines and Dylan Brown, but now I'm thinking maybe Hines and Cleary instead of Dylan Brown and going a bit cheaper in a second in 5'8". But a bit of doubt about Jaden Campbell, who I was very keen on. Yeah, I think a lot of people did have, you know, say Jaden Campbell and like a KO Weeks, right, at 5'8". And... You know, that was always going to be a little bit risky given Jaden Campbell had the round two buy. So, you know, forcing yourself to roll out KO Weeks in round two, basically, which might not be too bad because I think he's got a decent matchup against the Tigers. Yeah. But it's still KO Weeks, right? We've we've seen him not be very good for supercoach scoring. Yeah, his eye test hasn't really made me feel that confident. I haven't seen much of other than what, he, other than what he's played in NRL that maybe, you know, just hasn't come out of his shell. Or- yeah. It might just be his game's not entirely suited to Supercoach, but he's so cheap that you probably have to roll with him if he's got a starting spine position. I'd feel awkward doing it. I just feel like that week that you do it, you you know, you're definitely going down the ranks and you, everyone's just so keen to be worrying about whether they're going up or down the ranks that week. You know, after a, a round run, you might a, a round one, I should say, you might be sitting 40,000th and you're really disgruntled and then you're running out KO weeks the next week against someone who's got... <laughs> You know, and everyone else either got Munster or Brown or something like that, or even then maybe got a Luke Brooks or something like that there. You know, yes, kind of going, I wouldn't feel too confident with that. But then again, I might be doing it. But I don't think I'm looking at KO weeks. I think I'm looking at Flannos instead. Flano, yeah. Certainly, certainly can can explore that option too. I mean, I've certainly looked at dill bags at my 5'8 position, like without diving into that position too much. Like I just don't love any of the round one options aside from Dylan Brown. Yeah, I love Dylan Brown for the redemption factor, letting his teammates down, not being around with the, you know, off-field discretions last year. And, um, yeah, reckon he's in for a big one, but... Pretty solid opening draw for the Eels as well. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty keen on, on trying to find the way to have Dylan Brown in my team. I then mean, again, I can see him putting up just 80s. Like, you being very impressed with his game, going, yeah, glad I got deal bags. That's mad. That's mad. End of the game, 80. He's had a blinder. And then Nath's had a bit of a game and gotten 80. You know what I mean? So, yeah. where if Nath, I just feel like that's why I'm kind of leaning more to paying up for Nath against Dylan Brown. Just because even though I think Nath does start slow, I think he could just turn it on a bit easier. 
Well, you say they start slow, but looking again, you know, 2022, first five games, five-round average, 97.6. Yeah, but I'm looking at the first two or three games. You know what I mean? I know you can look over the first five and it picks it up, but the first two or three, that really sort of sets you up the first two or three weeks. I know it doesn't really matter. You can climb back from like 100,000th to 8,000th in three weeks. But is it realistic? Is anyone really trading in Nathan Cleary after the third game or fourth game? Like if you don't have him for round one, two or three, you're probably not picking him up by round four or five. That's my kind of thought. for Why Nathan would you Cleary. say that? Because you reckon Cause then you got a round too six close buy. to origin? Oh, well, okay, it's yeah. a round six buy as well. So like if you've, you know, ridden out, yeah. like if you've skipped Cleary and he's started slow, like you said, you're not picking him up for round four and five. Who does he have in round four? Who did you have in round five, though? The, the round when Nico's on by, he'll have the Seagulls. Okay, so it's not like it's a walk in the park and it's that manly. Yeah, it's lucky it's not a super easy game. So I was like, if it's a super easy game, like say he was playing the Dragons, people just like, oh, I'm doing it. I'm getting him in. You know what <laughs> I mean? So, um, yeah, okay. Might be, maybe that might be a good thing to do because if you do have him, you do have him for a good five games that people don't have him. I feel like people would want to bring him in afterwards because round seven, Tigers, then Cowboys, Cowboys, Rabbitohs, Bulldogs leading up the next couple of rounds there, which I think, you know, we've seen pretty super coach friendly uh, in, in or the last year or two anyway. But yeah, I think for me, I'm not overthinking it. I, I've definitely been very keen to just go Hines and Cleary. It has meant I'm, you know, really light in other areas. Mm. So my current draft, and it's probably unrealistic because it does rely on a fair few center wing GPs. Like right now, I'm looking at um, Jack Bostock as no, sorry, Jesse Arthur's is my most expensive center wing at yeah. 376k. And I looked into him pretty deeply. I was feeling like he was going to go real good winger for a gun side. He's got a really tough jaw. His average at wings like I think 35 over his career or something like that, or maybe even 33 over his career and 36 he averaged last year on the wings. So. Not really feeling a lot of promise there for a very tough draw. Just praying for him to crash over a few times. Like he won't be on Herbie's outside, which will probably help him. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You can get very lucky with wingers. Even in tough games, they usually get the guys that are going to score tries, aren't they? Yeah. Well, that, like I said, the, the build I've got right now is just so cheap and nasty at center wing. It's gone value in the, in the second row where Sean Lane's my most expensive guy at 446K. But I've got. Cleary, Hines, Dillbags, Ponga, Turbo, and Harry Grant up top, as well as Payne Haas at front row forward. Ponga and Turbo is this real ballsy, eh? Like, yeah, I love that. But it's exciting, as you got to you got to have a crack. I've got I got Ponga too. I'm going Pappy though. It's just as actually here I'm sitting here going Turbos. The three of them they're they're the same as each other. You know I'm a Ryan Pappenhausen super fan, so I've never trash anyone who's going to pick him yeah i just think for me it's just that first draw for the storm plus i've got harry grant already like i just don't think i want two storm players on the round four by after they're coming out against the panthers the warriors the knights well i haven't got down to fullback yet i said i've done every position so i might yeah, end up right. talking <laughs> myself out they're the two that i've plugged in just on excited gut fuel pre-season but you've already sort of talked me out of him a bit but <laughs> Turbo seems a lot more expensive. I think he's a high eights and Pappy's only like mid sixes. Yeah, Turbo's 833, 500. So he's mm. not the second most expensive fullback, but he's like third or fourth. So yeah, definitely a lot of money spent. But I guess this is where still talking about team structure, I think, you know, like 
if you're going to risk some of the early buyer players, like I've heard more and more chat about people keen on, you know, jumping on a couple of dolphins. Like, you know, you've got Flegler in the front row forward. A lot of people are interested mm. in him. You've got, you know, a lot of people tipping hammer for a breakout in the center wing, which I can certainly see, you know, he could go another level. He's super talented and the, the dolphins have the great draw. Yeah, but- it's a real gut feel one, that one. I think it's a risky play. I don't like, don't mind it. Don't hate it. Don't love it though. Round three Just- buy is tricky when you've got a couple of those guys in there. Like I think if you are going to juggle those early buys, it, you know, if you're, if you've got hammer at 600 K and then you got Flegler as well at 450 or whatever he is, like, and then if, if you need to have Bostock in there as a cheapie, cause you know, how can you not get a, a cheapie winger when mm. we're struggling for cash? That's three guys in round three. That's over one point quick mass like there's almost 1.4 1.3 million your cap gone like that you can't plug in and two of those are going to be at center wing i think people are going to find that trickier to navigate than it should be basically yeah. so when you've got positions like that and same thing with titans in round two like if you've got Jaden campbell you can't really get for feeder you can't also load up on thermal like, i think there's going to be some real traps mm. like that early on and Indeed. again, you look at round four, Storm, like if you've got Grant, you probably shouldn't have Pappenhausen or Munster as well. It probably rules out like a Eli Katoa in your second row, mm. especially if Howarth ends up jagging that edge spot, right? Because you're going to want to have him in your second row. So you can't hamstring your team to have two two RFs available, miss, missing in round four because they're on the buy. Yeah, this so, buy really, like we've had experience from last year but how much more dynamic does that add to it it's fun i like it i'm certainly like stressing out about it myself it makes me excited thinking that the amount of the common player that just won't think about it at all yeah well i, I think for last year I, I tried to think about it but then i didn't do it in the right way i feel like i'd be like i'll be fine it's going to be no worries mm. but then you end up getting tricked up because you might have been fine but then throw in another two injuries and a suspension and all of a sudden the two players you had on buy that round all of a sudden becomes yes you're trying to pick a 17 from like 19 fit guys and oh that was me for a lot of last year <laughs> four of those guys are bench props and you're like this is not yeah, fun yeah, this yeah, is not yeah. super coach so i definitely think that's that's been something i've really focused on a little bit more in terms of planning my my round one team just you know like even in front row forward right if you've got two mid middle range guys like you know a lot of people keen on max king Mm-hmm. And then going to pair him up with someone like a Tom Tom Flegler or, you know, guys like that where they may have an early buy and, you know, choosing to do that, knowing that in that round they're going to have to roll out one of your bench props, you know. Yeah. I don't know who you've got your, as your third or fourth front row forward, but none of them are over 265K for the moment for me, which means they're coming off the bench playing maybe 20, 30 minutes for their club. My interesting strategy at prop was to spend up. Like it was a bit yeah. weird and I sort of thought – if I just like, I was even going to go with like Hass and like no one under 400k sort of thing, just so I didn't have to stress about that 200k products. I'd usually have two of them, neither of them making even any money. You can't play them, they're risky. So that if I just don't have that stress and that's other players I can use and utilize, it might be a bit hard to get a head start on people because I'm not usually like not really getting the attacking players, but. I've sort of downgraded a bit and I've got a 500k, I've got Cotter there and then two 400k players so that are likely to start and Hughes. I guess that's where I'm, you know, again, in this build where I'm so cheap and nasty at center wing, I've got Haas and Max King at the moment as my two props. 
But you've still got Haas, yeah. I'm going to ask you: Do you have Haas, and do you have do you have Grant? Do you have either? You've got do you have Grant? Yeah, so you've got Grant and Haas and Cleary. These are the teams that are doing my head out that I don't <laughs> do my head in. Where is this salary cap coming from? Like I said, it's not very realistic. It does count on a few things, but you know, Grant know. hands at hooker, Haas, King, Willison, Hughes as my front row forwards. Probably mm. not realistic again. Uh, second row, I'm rolling with Lane, Piakura, Curran. Currently got uh, Kai Pierce Paul in there, and then like it's Howarth and Dylan Egan. So really hoping both of them jag starting back row spots, but again, probably not realistic. Cleary Hines at, at halfback, and then Dill Bags and Weeks in five eight. Fucking let's man. just skip center wing right again. Harthers and Bostock are my two most expensive center wings, and you both don't need to know the rest. And then Ponga and Turbo at the back. That's ridiculous, bro. Just give you the trophy now, like nah, man. Sounds- Look, the, the center wings is just absolutely trash. That's that's where I'm gonna. I lose. feel like <laughs> it sounds like you no. Know, it sounds like you're gonna have a good round one score. It sounds like that early <laughs> strategy, but I think if you can have a bit of luck go your way and if some of these guys can take the field or your center wingers can crash over and they start generating money and they are, you know, some people spend a bit more on other players there and then they're not necessarily getting that reward, that could pay off. It could, but like I said, I don't think this is realistic. I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to downgrade. Like, And I feel like if I do have to downgrade, I'm probably pinching from Haas and King. I'm pretty fixed on really wanting to preserve the other guys, especially my yeah. spine. Yeah. But yeah, like, I mean, if I can roll out this this squad, I'll be covering my eyes at center wing, but I'll be pretty happy everywhere else, so. I look at my team now and I just think, what am I doing? Like, where where's my money <laughs> being spent? Like, why do I have all these, like, bottom grade cheapies still in my side and not that many guns? Like, I've got hardly any guns. <laughs> like, you you just named, like, a, a full starting side of guns, bro. I've got, like, four. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm sure it's just the moment you you try balance it more, right? You, you want mm. to spend a little bit more at, at at the center wing, you know. Those those names like Haas suddenly become you know like a Cotter or, or someone else like that. I'm really second guessing myself at the moment. Well, that's the fun of preseason, right? You get to play around with this type of stuff, and mm. you know if it's not realistic, it's not realistic. I'm pretty confident on the guys I do want. So let me maybe let's play that game. Let's say of your top five players that you're going to prioritize let's say you're running out of cash and you you need to lock in these guys from from round one i know which five i've got do you know which five you would be picking definite like expensive guys i want to have yeah like you, you're going to buy these guys first before you even spend anything else elsewhere yeah so i've got nico hines number one nico hines number one ponga ponga number two yeah number two. Me, me too i've got that lined up there so I don't have the many expensive guys. I've got Cleary at the moment, so I'd have to say him three. Yep. Pappenhausen four. Yep. Turbo for me. Same same diff, pretty much. Yeah. And then Ellie Katoa is still in my side, but that's probably going to change to a set to a gun center winger. And then the rest of them, the rest of them are pretty not that big of a deal. I might actually scratch that. I think maybe I'll, I'll replace Turbo with Dillbags because I think. For me, it's if I don't get Dylan Brown, I just honestly don't know who else I'm getting at five eighth because there's so many mid options that I just don't love. Well, yeah, I've got Jaden Campbell there, and that that. So what's going on with him? I just read something briefly that he's got a thing. He's still recovering from this injury. It just hasn't rehabbed very well, and he's in danger of missing round one. Like he's still training with, like he's not in full training oh, yet. Oh, that's right. He was, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, Kinney's, you know, smashing it while in his absence. So it could just lead to the fact that because they got the round two buy, like why not just give them the extra two weeks, mm. three weeks, uh, if you include the rest time in between. So that could just be the outcome for, for Campbell there. Would you just pick him up then in round four or five if he's looking good or something like that? And like you don't not start with him if he's not going to play round one two, right? Yeah, he can't. Not not at that price. What if what if all the rest of your team looks perfect? <laughs> he's the only person you could plug in, or you'd have to go someone cheaper that just doesn't really seem right. Well, I just don't know who you'd play at five eighth then, if oh, you got yeah, no one true, like true. Unless you go on like Dillbags and Campbell or something like that, which means I don't know where else you're taking the no, cash. I've got Flanos there. I don't want to be line on him for the first two weeks yeah okay so i've got to change that up we'll, we'll wait till things get a bit closer but i'm assuming it's probably not gonna so i think that's where i'm I'm slowly like i didn't have dill bags in my first draft at all like i just had campbell and weeks but the more i thought about it the more i'm breaking it through i kind of have just slowly bumped up dill bags on my list because he's just the only five eighth i feel supremely confident in and i think the the last name my number five would actually be harry grant i'm pre- pretty set on just locking and loading him. I get they they have a tough early draw and they got the round four buy, but if I've really only got Harry and any Storm cheapies in there, like I, I think I can get away with round four. I think Harry's great. Like everyone is sort of passing on him. I, I was so big on wanting to start with him because the reason I think you start with Harry is because it's so hard to have him in your side a lot of the year because then Origin comes. If you've got him, you've got to sell him out. We're all going to have Origin guys. We have to sell out anyway, so not a, not that, that, that big of a deal. But then... After Origin, it's hard to get him back because we're all trying to get all these other players back. He's always the top highest averaging hooker and always by a fair bit normally. So I just feel like my argument was if you're going to have him, you're only probably going to have him at the very start, so just do it. You might as well have the best guy in his position that you know he's going to have. That's one guy that's definitely going to score more than the rest of the guys over X amount of period. Unless, you know, someone comes out and has like a – Wade Egan, he sort of try after try after try after try sort of game like he did last season. Or, or Marshall King. But again, Marshall King's yeah. got the round three buy, so I don't think there's a huge advantage there. So yeah. that is probably why I'm just like, I'm, I'm just not going to overthink it. I love Harry. I love watching him. He's super coach is more fun when he's in my team, so I'm just going to lock and load that. Yeah. He's a stress. Do you know, okay, can I say one thing on this? I'll tell you, he's in my hooker at the moment. It's Brandon Smith, and I hate it. I hate it. It's just who I can afford. And I was like, what? And I started with Brandon Smith last year, and he was my first sale after week one. And I bought the cheese. I, I sold the cheese to what's his fuck? Sonny Luke? No, no. What's his name? Um, Grant. Oh, yeah. has so. Of course. Which I, so I'm like, well, my Is that the trade I'm going to be doing again? So maybe I do just need to do it. But then I'm trying looking at you, going, you've got Brown as well. Again, I, I, I genuinely don't think my team's realistic, but yeah, okay. you know. you've probably got it, it looks great now. It. <laughs> yeah, when you brush over and just say some of these other cheapies and stuff, I guess, yeah, a lot of my guys I'm a bit more sure on that they're going to get a go, I think. But yeah, okay, and they're a little bit more yeah. expensive, so yeah. I mean, like, I'm, I'm hoping Ben Travoyevich stands to the left edge. That's 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 the level I'm at at the moment in my center wing. But he could he could be a massive headache. It's like shoots is probably only out for like a week. Maybe one. probably. Yeah. But he's got chicken. You got something called strange chicken pox of sore finger. He's got you got a few everything. So, yeah. yeah, he's got a few things going on there. <laughs> Definitely. So, like I said, it's it's very hopeful. I, I'm not overly confident. I'm going to end up with this 
uh, build because it's just it's too reliant on centering cheapies. But you know what? I'm gonna enjoy looking at my draft at the mm. moment and, <laughs> and telling it to people like me that get really really um, <laughs> freaked out by it. Yeah, that's it. And and I'll just enjoy the uh, the teamless Tuesday carnage when I have to rip it apart. Mm. But yeah, I, I do think there was a really interesting chat today, just working through. Uh, areas of our teams and things like that where we really see there's opportunities i feel like i've got to you know rethink a few things of my team again after hearing some of the things you've worked through sounds like i gave you some food food for thought as well on your side yeah and yeah hopefully the listeners um you know enjoyed our little breakdown of some of the positions and and where we're spending up and where we're skimping uh, and I guess and the, the fun part is I know some of the, some some listeners out there are listening just to do the opposite of what we're doing. So For sure. bring it on. <laughs> Especially after my season last year. I've been taking <laughs> notes and going. That's it. Right. <laughs> Tim's doing that. All right. What's the opposite? What am I doing exactly. now? Exactly. <laughs> nah, it's all good. All right. Thanks again for jumping on, mate. No worries, Lots of fun chat. And uh, yeah, obviously, we're still going to get you on as our side piece. Uh, I mean, For we're your side sure. piece, right? But yeah, yeah. but yeah, obviously, if you want to hear more of Tim, Supercoach experience and on the burst now as well, talking more footy, not less, less Supercoach, just more footy. Appreciate it, my bro. We'll probably chat with you after the game's launched. I mean, after after the regular season kicks off. So good luck for the rest of your preseason planning. And yeah, uh, yeah hopefully all the all the pieces fall into place for your draft. Team. Yeah, I hope you can fit all those blokes in, man. And if you can, I'll probably be uh, trying to find your team on Twitter or something and copy it, copy and paste it. <laughs> you, know, you can always slide into my DMs, mate. <laughs> of course, of course, of course. You're my side right. piece. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, we'll catch you again soon. Yeah.